On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. everybody. Welcome to the Choose to Think podcast. This is a special episode that's going on right now. It's live and uninterrupted basically on Clubhouse, the drop-in audio chat app. And we just finished about, gee, I don't know, maybe two months, maybe even three months worth of mindset masterminds. And a mastermind is just when you kind of gather a whole bunch of people or even one or two other people together and you just kind of brainstorm about something and everybody kind of chips in and chimes in and shares a little bit. And sometimes we solve problems, we unravel things, we tie things back up and just look at something from a Christian worldview. So we've dealt with mindsets for the longest time, and now we're switching to something new, and it's called reframes. So we're going to be reframing particular toxic thoughts. The toxic thought for tonight is, I'm all alone. And I know that someone listening has felt this way, has said this thought maybe to themselves, has engage that thought, maybe even said it repeatedly. I'm telling you that I certainly have. I've gone through seasons of my life when I really felt like, gosh, I'm all alone. And what I what I know now is that when I keep reminding myself of that fact, and we might back up a little bit and say, okay, what do you mean I'm all alone? And when I said that to myself, often I would I was thinking, I'm single. I'm without a spouse. I'm all alone in the sense of here I am doing this big project and nobody's here to help me or I have to do it all by myself. I'm all alone maybe even in a group where there are lots of couples and or families and you look around and you're just like oh my goodness I don't have anybody by my side. I'm all alone and I'm always all alone and it's, you know, I don't want to be too mean about it, but the truth is, is that that particular thought is toxic because it is, first of all, not true. It's not true from a biblical worldview. It's not what God says. Now, you may argue, wait a minute, I'm physically all alone. And I get that. I totally get that. But what good does it do if we kind of keep saying that or if we somehow focus on that all we're doing is energizing it and I think when you say it and when I say it it's probably we're probably not referring to the fact that we may be physically alone although that may be a part of it for me when I said that it was much more emotional it was I'm all alone nobody's here for me nobody cares those kinds of things and even as I say those phrases and those sentences now, it draws my, it just kind of takes the wind out of my spirit a little bit. And it just, it's draining. Those are emotionally draining thoughts to have. 
And of course, it's very normal. We we've talked we talk a lot on the podcast about our feelings and emotions and how nothing's off limits. It's just the way we feel, right? So it's not like feelings and emotions in and of themselves are toxic or they are bad, but they can be harmful, especially if we get stuck. And I'm all for moaning and groaning to the Lord, just like King David did in so many of the Psalms. And he, he unleashed everything. He said it like it was, and he was very transparent before the Lord. And certainly I've said to the Lord before, God, you know, I'm feeling all alone right now. This really stinks. And I just need some companionship right now, or I wish I had somebody to, you know, run around with, or, I mean, have you ever been there when you, you, maybe you want to do something and, and you're like, okay, she's busy. Mm, okay. Yeah. They're on that trip. Okay. Mm, yeah. I just talked to my mom and, you know, and, and it's like, nobody seems to be available. It's like, ah, it's a tough kind of feeling to have. And so what we're going to do to this evening is try to unpack that thought a little bit and, and try to reframe it. And what I mean by reframing is examine it, examine our feelings and emotions, and then figure out a way that we can kind of get unstuck from that thought. In other words, are there other thoughts that we can engage and energize that lead us in a very healthy direction? And I'll, I'll be the first to say that this thought comes up a lot for me, well, maybe not a lot, but often enough that when I hear myself saying that, even under my breath, or when I just start to start engaging and going down that road with that thought, I'm very quick to, to stop it. Because in my, what I've learned is that it leads me to no good end. And the thoughts start spiraling and I go further and further and further and further down. And so I do remind myself that, of course, that God is with me, but sometimes we may need a little bit more than that, or maybe there are some other things that we can do to combat this kind of thought, especially when we notice that it's repeated in our brains. So, and I'll tell you that just recently, matter of fact, I think it was two days ago, I felt this and I was saying this a lot. And for the first time in ages, guess what I did? You won't believe what I did. I went to food for comfort and I had these most delicious ginger snap cookies that I get at Trader Joe's. I love them. They have like bits of ginger in them. And so I I was thinking, you know, and, and I rest, I was wrestling with that thought the entire day because I actually I was doing a house project and it just kept coming up and coming up and and I felt really miffed and out of sorts and just like, why is this so hard? You know, those kinds of thoughts. And that's the kind of, that's another thought that can creep up right beside I'm all alone is we can start thinking this is so hard or why me? And again, the focus is on self and that's always very dangerous. And it's certainly not what Christ would have us do because we're called to be like him and we have the mind of Christ. But 
I was just miserable and which was really weird. Part of it is I've been resting from some of my social activities that I've that I've done all summer for the last like I don't know seven eight months and I've been hot and heavy into pickleball and tennis a little bit of tennis and and I needed to stop because of my classes and because I'm doing these home projects and I needed to give my my body a rest and so I was missing that social interaction as well I think that was a part of it but at any rate I went to food and you know what it may have comforted for a second but afterwards it's like oh my goodness it only made things worse and I know that I've learned that lesson but I'm also only human so anyway I took a little bit of a dip on that and I thought oh great that's the very thought we're going to address this week on Clubhouse and I mean isn't that just wonderful um but I certainly was feeling that way, and I know that you, listener, have probably felt that way as well, at least a time or two. I am so excited to have in the room this evening a dear friend named Candy Surrett, and I've known Candy actually for quite a while, and she's a hope coach, and I'm calling her America's number one hope coach, and she um, let's see, we go, we go way back with teen Bible quiz. We went to the same church years ago and we, our paths just crossed here recently. And what a great room to have you join in candy, because you are a hope coach. And I know that you have a lot to maybe talk about regarding this particular toxic thought and, and maybe you can help us reframe that. But let me just start, if you don't mind sharing, have you ever, said this to you? I mean, have you ever thought this, like I'm all alone and, you know, poor me or why me? Have you ever done that? So many times, <laughs> so many times, because when we are at our weakest point, you know, the enemy knows how to come in and, and put those thoughts there, you know, place those in our mind. And it's very easy to go to that place. I'm all alone when you're single, when you live alone and all the family holidays and things, you know, everyone's got their family, or you can go into a church with 15,000 people, and you can feel very alone. So yes, I have thought those thoughts. Yeah, and where do those thoughts lead you? Or can you think of other thoughts that kind of piggyback on, on you know, join in on those or to come on the train, so to speak? I think sometimes uh, those thoughts come from fears, you know, um, Fear of being alone, like, you know, getting to a, ill health, bad health and then being by yourself and um, so many, it just, it leads you to a very dark place if you stay there. It really can um, because that's the first thought and then it snowballs. Do you experience that too, Victoria? Oh gosh, yeah. That's, that's where I was going with that because I think that I'm all alone kind of thought is probably prevalent in my thinking in other words that might be the initiating thought to that runaway train that is leading to no good end if I don't jump off of it but the I'm all alone it hits me first when I really am all alone but it's usually I have a need and my need might be I need help with something like if only I had someone to hold this up for me while I try to nail this in the wall, or I may need, maybe I just have a question 
Maybe I want to watch a show on TV or on, you know, Amazon Prime or whatever, or Netflix, whatever. And, and it's like, okay, just Rico and I, let's watch a show, Rico, my little dog. Um, or maybe it's, I want to do something adventuresome and I want to get out and I want to, but I don't want to go hiking, for example. I don't want to go hiking by myself, right? Um, maybe I want to take a bike ride around Midway. And so I think sometimes it's from a little bit of loneliness that I may feel. And that starts that, or that's kind of the fuel to that particular thought. And, and I know that I have to shift gears because if I don't, then an avalanche of toxic thoughts comes very close behind. And that's what I mean by that runaway train. And there you go. I'm, I'm headed, you know, where are the ginger snaps kind of thinking. And I even thought since that happened recently to me, I was thinking, how is this any different from any other time? Or, and the only thing I could think of was the things that are different in my life was the fact that I have taken a little bit of a hiatus from pickleball and that wonderful social group and social activity that I had there and then the other thought I had was Matthew's my son my son Matthew's gone and he just moved out as I think I've said on the show before he graduated and you know he's my last kid I launched him and he it's such a blessing but I think that that particular thought also hit me on that day and, and I, and I remember even saying, gosh, I miss Matthew because he's another person in my home and another, you know, entity, another little body here, somebody who I'm waiting for and, or turning the light on at night, you know, those kinds of things. So I think I, I think I also had that thought too. And, you know, when our kids leave, it's, it's sometimes it's just, it's a kind of grief and it's a, it's bittersweet, but it's normal. And I think I just needed to process that maybe a little bit more. So those are the, the kind of this, that was the scenario. But usually when I'm saying that thought, it's because I have a need. How about you? Can, do you recognize that too, Candy? Yes, I can relate to needing help with things. <laughs> you know, put together, you order things, they're still sitting in boxes, you know, and those thoughts do come because at that point you kind of feel helpless at times, but we're not. And I think sometimes through transition, which Victoria, you're going through right now, and you know, those couple of areas, and I am as well in my life, I think through transition sometimes where, you know, we can be, I think it's in our isolation, you know, we get isolated and we're kind of left to our own thoughts, and that's why I love that you you choose to think you're you're a thinking coach, and you help us change our thoughts because you have you have to stop right there. And I know you're probably headed that way, but when I feel myself going down that road, I've learned years ago to, that I just have to stop and I have to shift perspective. Um, you know, and I do it in a lot of different ways, you know, practical ways, but I don't let myself stay there anymore. Um, I've learned that there's other people who feel they're probably sitting home saying I'm all alone and feeling lonely. And so who can I reach out to today that may be struggling? And God's just always faithful to put somebody on my heart. So I feel like 
sometimes being proactive, like if you're in that spot doing something or anything, calling a friend, you know, um, worship music, taking a walk, listening to podcasts, you know, listening to scripture, the Bible on tape, uh, worship music can bring me out of that quicker than anything. In fact, I keep it playing most of the time at my house because even if I'm not listening, it's the word of God. It changes the atmosphere. And I think we have to be a little bit proactive when those thoughts like that start coming. Do you, do you feel that way as well? Oh my gosh, Candy. So I'm, I'm scribbling down notes here and you've just outlined like in two minutes, if that, so many amazing things that we can do in order to combat that thought. And you said, first I have to stop myself, I have to shift perspective, I have to be proactive, others focused, praying and asking God, hey, who is it that I can reach out to? Um, Let's see, you said calling a friend, putting on the worship music, putting on scripture or reading scripture, those are such amazing ways to really deal with that. And I'm going to tell you that I, I know all of these things, but on that particular day, I couldn't get it into gear. And for some reason, I could not shift my perspective. I did think about it, though. I remember thinking, who is it that I can call? Matter of fact, I think I even thought about calling you. Um, and I, I was thinking about that, who, you know, or who can I reach out to? And then, okay, so I'm, we always used, used to adopt a little old lady, quote, little old lady in our neighborhood. And Miss Carolyn, who was our last little old lady, she's been gone for a while. She moved. And so, because when I felt these things before, I would just run down the street and visit with her. I mean, I, she had an open door 24 seven and, and it was always so nice. She was so uplifting and, it really, in ways, sometimes it was more for me than her, although she thought I hung the moon, you would have thought, by that when I walked in, you know, it was, she was always, always so happy to have company, and her children didn't live nearby at all, and they lived, you know, out of state, and so, anyway, I don't have another Miss Carolyn who I can just run to. Another thing is I used to call my grandmother a lot and chat with her, and she was always such a uplifting wise you know just could commiserate at any on any point really and gosh I want to be that kind of grandma one day but I knew all the things to do I just couldn't get them into gear have you ever been that way we're just going back and forth here it's it's so funny how we're chatting like this but I mean back to you Candy (laughs) it is real life Victoria isn't it this is real life um I'm sitting here just thinking you know Um, since this is my first time being on with you, thinking back to where, you know, I was a mom with two kids and married a family of four and three of us did a lot of stuff together. And then all of a sudden went through a divorce. I'm just going to share just a minute because, because I have been hopeless and I have been in that place. And I love that you're calling this reframe because we have to reframe not only our thoughts, we have to reframe sometimes And through those transitions of life, everything has to be reframed. God gave me for 2021 restoration, the word restoration, that he was going to restore. So I went from a mom with this family to being single and daughter in college, lost my son in the middle of the divorce, um, to one person. 
and trying to figure out, oh my goodness, where do I go from here? And asking God in that place, and I and and the reason I'm going back that far is because 17 years ago, but because so many nights I felt so alone, and I remember just laying on the floor and crying out to God and just saying, God. It's just you and me, like it's the middle of the night, and there's not another person probably even awake anywhere close to me. So we got to figure this out. And I just started crying out to him and, and just saying, "If I'm gonna, if I'm still gotta be here, then you have to give me purpose. And if you if you can show me a purpose, I think I can do this." But even before that, Victoria, I had to pray, God, I can't breathe. <laughs> you know, there was things I was walking through very difficult. And I know a lot of people listening today because I get calls and prayers requests all the time that people are walking through hard things and we have to pray God sometimes we can't even pray it's just like breathe your breath and you are the breath of life breathe it give me your breath or I'm not gonna make it you know you bring a unique perspective even to the I'm all alone and even just based on some of your own experience and things that you've gone through so, I mean, there's the divorce and then singleness and then loss of a child in, in, you know, in that way that's just very, very difficult. And I guess, you know, what I'm also hearing is that sometimes these things are compounded. Maybe we just need to look beneath the surface and we think, okay, I need, so I want somebody to help me put this picture on the wall and but often and that's just the practical side of it and truly I, I mean I had my one of my other sons was here yesterday painting for me and he was helping me and he put some shelves in and it was just wonderful and I love that that is what I really miss it was that that proximity and that you know somebody else in my home it was the life in my home not so much hanging something on the wall or putting up shelves it was you know we think that it's sometimes it's something that's more surfacey although that's nice but truth be told I probably could have had a neighbor you know I've been I, I do have neighbors who would run over here if I said hey can you help me with this they would be so happy to do that so really I think as I look and dig a little bit deeper some of it is just that companionship and that is is that that spot in our souls where, you know, we think that other people can fill that, that, that void or that absence, but really and truly it is best filled with God and with his presence. And I really admire how, how you handle these kinds of things because you are first to go to God. And I'm trying to think on, on Monday, if, I was talking to God, but I was probably complaining and not really, you know, I think that there was a point where I said, Lord, would you just send somebody here <laughs> or something, you know, like, but I don't know. It was, I don't know what he was thinking when I said whatever I said, but it was not, it was almost ridiculous, but not that he, you know, could, it's not like he couldn't handle something even like that, but it was, you know, it was more out of um, not a surrendered voice, but more an ostentatious voice, that kind of, ugh, just in my own frustration. So, 
Um, can you think, Candy, just to shift back to, I, I, I think we get the picture that it's to say I'm all alone, we really need to keep saying, well, what does that mean? And 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 we really need to kind of keep drilling down on a thought like that in order to, you know, unpack what really is, is going on. And I'm also thinking about ways that I've learned historically to reframe that thought. And often I do remind myself of God's truth that God says he will never leave me alone. So if I start thinking and believing that I'm all alone, it's really just a lie because the spirit is with me and the spirit is with me. It is is God, Emmanuel, God with us, omnipresent God. And that doesn't mean I always feel his presence that, but to say I am all alone is, is just not true. And I don't know that I would go so far as to say that's an affront to God. I'm not sure about that, but I'm sure that he grieves when I'm grieving or he's sad when I'm sad or, but maybe there's, there's just something that I'm not exercising when I get in that kind of a funk that I really could be. But one way I do reframe is by remind. I, I just, like you said at the very beginning, you know, I stop because I can't let that be a runaway train. I've got to just stop that thought and I don't want to engage it. And so sometimes I even rebuke the enemy. I'm like, nope, I'm not going there. I'm not going to agree with the enemy of my soul. Why do I want to come into agreement with with the enemy of my soul and with a lie? And I don't. So often I just, you know, stop it and remind myself that God is with me. But for some reason that day, it just didn't work. Something just didn't work in the process. Now, I can also tell you that the next day I knew I needed to go deeper because I'm not accustomed to Number one, going to food for comfort like that. And number two, generally God comforts me or I feel that he does. And for some reason I missed him on that day and I wanted to kind of get beneath all of that. So I always do a what I can control and what I can't control list. And that also helps me to to figure out what was going on with me that may have had nothing to do with the fact that I was happened to be alone doing projects at my house. But that also gives me that perspective to figure out what's beneath the surface and what else maybe was going on in the whole scheme of things. So one thing I do is, is actually reframe the thought by saying, no, that's not true. And then second to that, I try to dig deeper, but can you think of some other things or other things, scriptures even, or, you know, little phrases that you encourage your heart with, Candy, when you're feeling that way and you don't want to go there? I think sometimes if you're going deeper and you look at what has brought you to that point or what has brought me to that point, um, sometimes it is exhaustion, like emotional exhaustion or physical exhaustion. Mm-hmm. I haven't been doing self-care and taking care of my temple. <laughs> haven't good. been getting enough rest because when you're at your weakest point, I feel like we're the most vulnerable. And when we're vulnerable, we're open, you know, we're open up for those thoughts to come in, you know, because maybe we need, you know, you're talking about going deeper, right? So I'm just thinking in, in those states and especially 
when you're dealing uh, with grief, and grief comes in so many, I mean, you could do a whole 12 weeks podcast on just, you know, grief, and I know you've done some of that in the past, but grief, everyone does it differently, and your uh, child moving out of the house is a big transition, and especially when it's your last one, and so you, you know, we can point sometimes at the exterior things, but really our heart hurts. And I'm thinking about the scripture where God says, you know, in Psalms, he says he's near to the brokenhearted and those who are crushed in spirit. And I always think about that. If, if I'm so broken in my heart, my heart is hurting and it's sad and I'm, I'm feeling pain in my heart. He must be pretty near because he's promised he is. Because mm-hmm. like you said, he's promised he'll never leave a certain you know, nor forsake us. And I'm looking in Joshua 1, don't be afraid or discouraged for your God is with you wherever you go. Even in that low, deep, dark place of spilling, I'm all alone. There's nobody here. There's nobody that loves me. There's no one that has time to spend time with me. But he says, I'm always with you. I never will leave you. And I just, those scriptures and Psalms, man, they just comfort my heart. Psalm 25, guide me in your truth and teach me for you're my God, my savior, and my hope is in you all day long. So in that dark place, sometimes it's, we feel hopelessness, which mm-hmm. has what's helped me to start to become a hope coach because I've been in that place where you feel alone and you feel hopeless and hopelessness is feeling like it, things are never going to change. I'm always going to be alone, right? Well, that mm. is that the truth? Really? Really? No. <laughs> I mean, there are some people truly that really are alone all the time. And, um, you know, and I think, too, I heard you say on a podcast in the last week or so when I was listening to, you know, that uh, you talked about in depression. We were, you were talking about depression and, and just coming, like being proactive, even in that place of thinking, how am I going to get out of this, you know? Um and so there's so many scriptures that where he promises, uh, Isaiah 58, you know, we just call out to him. He says, if you call out to me, that's in Jeremiah, if you call to me, I will answer you and I will do great and mighty things. But sometimes we're in that place. We can't even call out, which mm-hmm. is what you're, I feel like you're referring to that you just walk through. Now you can look back and as someone else is in that place, you're you're instantly going to know what their emotions were and what they were feeling because it gives you compassion for others. Mm. And so coming out of that place, you know, I'm sure through this podcast and all the work that you do, Victoria, all the things that you're doing right now, you're going to touch many people through just that one experience you went through, just being able to share that say, hey, I just felt that way last week. You know, that's that's being authentic and transparent and admitting we don't have it all together all the time. You know, God's still, it's a process, it's a journey. And yeah, our emotions, we're going to go down to that place. You know, I'll probably go there again. But I, but I have noticed, um, I talk about grief. The only way I can describe grief is like, being at the beach and we went one time right after a hurricane and the waters were real strong and we got out in the water and my face was down under the water in the sand, you know, and I had to come up for air. And that to me is like the only way I can describe grief for me was coming up for air and then going back down. But I noticed over time, I felt a little stronger when I came back up. Mm. And so if you're thinking about reframing that I'm all alone, 
and you you counteract that and change your perspective to what God's promises are, what the truth is, because that is the lie of the enemy. I worked with high school kids and middle school kids for, well, I've done it for probably 20 years. But, you know, every Wednesday night for six years, I would walk into the youth service, worship, and they did a teaching that we'd break down in small groups with, had 14 girls um, that I got to love on. But I felt like I got so much more back from them than what I gave. But I, that was one of my ways of being proactive was to go and just love on these kids that are hurting. But the enemy said to me as I'm walking in the door every Wednesday night, Candy, you can even save your own son. What in the world makes you think you can help anybody else? Hmm. That's a lie. But I had to battle that. And mm-hmm. I remember going into worship sometimes and hearing the words of the song and tears would just be streaming down my face. And I'd just be going, I'm not leaving. I am not walking out of here because there's someone in here tonight that I can encourage. Mm-hmm. wasn't always easy. No, I, I just think you're amazing and how you handle those things. And I think also perhaps for me, you know, Sometimes maybe I just wanted to feel sorry for myself or something, which is absolutely preposterous and ridiculous because I, I feel so blessed. I, matter of fact, I don't know how I could be more blessed in my life. I feel so grateful to just what the Lord is teaching me and how far he's brought me. And it's, I, I'm, I'm very much aware of that. And I, and I'm, and I don't take that for granted. But I think on that day, I just, I guess I just wanted to have my own pity party or something. And maybe I wanted to zone out with those ginger snaps. I mean, I, I, I don't know because it's like I know the right things to do. But on that day, I just didn't even want to do them. It's okay. It's not like I'm, you know, everything's lost now or I'm. it's all doom and gloom because... I've learned enough to know that when we do slip and fall, kind of like you said, and what a, what a, gosh, such a vivid image of hitting your face in the sand and just, you know, going down and underwater, and then you come up for air, and each time you get stronger and stronger, and, you know, that's, that's beautiful, and that's kind of where, where I was, I just thought, and the Lord gives me these opportunities to really keep working out my salvation keep thinking about what I'm doing and processing you know my my thoughts and emotions and and becoming more and more healthy and that quote healthy in those ways but none of us is perfect and we're all going to have bumpy days here and there but that one kind of caught me by surprise and 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 it you know made me realize that wow maybe there's something else I can do during those times when I'm engaging that thought that I'm all alone. And maybe I, you know, I need to start asking the Lord, who's our next little lady or who can I reach out to? Because you were bent on getting your eyes off yourself. And that's one of the first things we should do, because I can think of a gazillion scenarios I would not want to be in in my life. And guess what? I'm not in them. I mean, can you imagine being in Afghanistan right now? Those sorts of things where it's, it seems so, I, I, can't, I just can't imagine the, the trauma and the, the fear and the, how that would be so difficult. And then I'm over here just feeling I'm all alone. And not to minimize that because our feelings are important and our individual unique situations are important. God 
knows, he knows exactly where we are. He knows our heart. So if we think we're hiding it from him, you know, that we're not. And we, we are human. We have flesh. We have emotions. He's given us those emotions. It's what we do with them, I think. Mm-hmm. I have to get up every, I, I tell people this when I'm, you know, sharing with someone who's had loss of any kind, you know. I, get, I have to get up every morning just like everyone else, and, and I can choose to stay there. That's, I think that's the key for me. I can choose to stay there or I can choose to do something different. And I think it's okay if I'm there. I mean, God understands. I mean, he understands pain and hurt and grief. He, he went through all of that. And even in the last few weeks, you know, with the Afghanistan situation, my heart's been so heavy and just really interceding and praying. But when things come up, work issues or family issues, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is not a crisis. It's mm. just something, another lesson that God's going to teach me today. He's going to show me more of him if I look that way. I can choose not to. I can sit on that pity thing all day long, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe there's days I stayed there for longer than others. But I think that the key is not sitting there, not letting yourself stay there. And I know like when people deal with depression, sometimes, you know, that's not something I struggle with as far as, um, you know, to the extent that some people do. I mean, I didn't want to live for sure at times in those early days, but, you know, I know they said, I can't make those, I can't choose. You're at a point you cannot choose, you know, but I think if you can think of one person to reach out to, they can stand in that gap for you. I mean, it's just sometimes a text, uh, pray for me, call me, help. Uh, Even to God, you don't have to pray a big prayer. Just help me, please, through this. So many books, so many scriptures, you know, when you're going through hard things, you know, you just start looking for anything that can encourage you or get you through. And some days, you know, people say one day at a time. I'm like, no, sometimes for some people, it's one hour at a time, one moment at a time. God, just get me through this minute and let me get to the next one and help me. But one of the little stories uh, that I read, you know, they talked about the monks in the monasteries years ago. And they had those cold, long, dark hallways they went back and forth in. And and sometimes they didn't have electricity, so they would have to light a candle and put it on their shoe and walk. And it only gave them enough light for the next step. And I read that early on in after I lost my son. I was in the middle of the divorce when, when that happened. And I thought, okay, Lord, that became my prayer. I don't need to see the hallway, the big picture. In fact, I don't want to see the big picture. I don't even want to go there in my mind, but just show me in the next moments, what is my next step? Maybe someone listening that can encourage them too, because he doesn't give us the whole picture. Sometimes he'll only say, here's, here's a baby step. Take my hand. I'm going to hold you and I'm going to take you to the next step. And he walks with us and we are not alone. The lie is I'm all alone. The truth is we are never alone because he loves, he loves his kids. You know, and he's with us and he, he, he does not leave us. And there's been times when I felt like I was no longer walking and I can look back and I can see that he carried me. I think that every listener can say, wow, I know why Candy is a hope coach because you have in your heart and in your mind so many nuggets of wisdom and encouragement 
from experience to offer someone else and that you remember how agonizing it was to lose your son to suicide is really remarkable that you can so relate and that God made you so compassionate and empathetic that you almost instantly and you know on that intercessor type individual you you can you can just like feel that with other people and it's really such a gift and I'm just so grateful that we have our paths have crossed again and that we're doing life together and doing this whole coaching thing together and all of that it's it's I can't think of an uh there I don't know of a better cheerleader than this gal right here so I I appreciate you so much Candy and you're doing wonderful work. What I've had to learn to do is even in my, I feel I'm all alone, but God, your word says, and you have promised that you're going to smooth out the rough places and you're going to bring light into the darknesses and those dark places of my heart and my mind because you promised and you've promised you're going to be with me. And I don't know if we have any time left or not, but I would love to pray, Victoria, for anyone listening that might be in that place even. Oh, absolutely. And I want to add one other thing that kind of occurred to me also, Candy, is that one thing that you do and have done and maybe you're in the habit of doing is you kind of give it all to the Lord and surrender and you tarry in those feelings. You probably feel those feelings. Sometimes for me, I'd rather skip over them. And it's almost as if, I don't want to feel the feeling. And so let me see what I can do to get distracted. So I think that's probably a part of actually attempting to combat the I'm all alone is by if you're feeling alone and if you're sad, go ahead and feel it. God will meet you there in that valley that you're in or that dip that you're in. But don't try to go to the refrigerator instead of processing that feeling or emotion. So that was just one other thought that I did not do. That's something that I didn't do. I didn't want to feel the feeling because I just didn't. And so I sought distraction instead. And um, and to come at it again, I think what would be beneficial for me is to actually just say, you know what, I'm going to feel this because truly that's probably one of the best things that I could do among all these others to help myself just process and then move on and to actually find and receive God's comfort. So yes, Candy, would you please pray us, pray us out? I would love that. On a Zoom call, even on recording a podcast, you're present with us, God. I thank you, Father, for Victoria. I thank you for what you're walking her through and for the lives that she's touching. And Father, I just speak blessing over her. And I speak blessing over her home, God, that you would make it a sanctuary and a refuge. I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would fill up her home wall to wall, God, in your presence. And anyone else that might be listening to this podcast, even later on after this has already been posted and maybe years or months down the road, God, I just pray. If they're in that place right now, Father, where they're feeling alone, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would usher in your presence into the room where they are, into their mind and in their heart, God, that your Spirit would move from their head to their toes. 
that they would feel your love, your overwhelming love for them because you love each one of us, God. And you have promised you would never leave us and you would never forsake us. And God, you've called us to reach out to others and to bind up the brokenhearted, Father, to speak life into other people's life. And there's a purpose we're here. We wouldn't be here. I should not be here tonight on this podcast. I should have been gone years ago. There were too many, too many things, God. But you protected me and you carried me and you, you, you are healing me even now. We just thank you for who you are, Father. We thank you. You said if we lift you up, you would draw all men to you. So tonight, God, I lift up any anyone listening to the podcast at any point. And I ask, Father, if they do not know you, that they would just, just blind face, just say, I, I want that. I want to know you in a personal way. It's not religion. It's not all the chaos that's all around us right now. It's a personal relationship with you. It's saying, I can't do this alone. I feel alone, and I know in my own strength, I'm not going to make it. So, Father, you said we could exchange our strength for yours, and that's what I'm asking, God. And for anyone who has a broken heart, maybe loss after loss after loss, and they're feeling alone and just in those losses, you can be surrounded by many people, but feeling alone, I ask, Father, that you would heal those broken hearts. You would bind them back together, Father, by your Spirit. And I ask, Father, that you would show them purpose in their life, that you, there's a reason that we're here, God. You have something you want us to do. And I know that uh, out of our pain can come our purpose and our call. God, I, I keep hearing that. And I pray that you would show them one thing, Father, one thing they can do to come out of that mindset that they're alone, one truth one scripture, one promise, one small step, one baby step, in that moment, Father, as soon as they ask you into their heart, God, show them one thing they can do to be proactive, to maybe look around to see someone else that they can join up with. We need the body of Christ. We need community. We need our tribes. We need our women friends, and we need our family, and we need you, God. We need our land needs healed. So, Father, tonight, I thank you for every word that's been spoken. I thank you for your overwhelming love, your mercy, your grace. I thank you when we wake up tomorrow, your mercies are new all over again. I just thank you for who you are and what you've done for answered prayers. We thank you in advance for healings. We thank you in advance for uh, maybe there's people who need jobs, Lord. They're unemployed. They've lost jobs. So, Father, we're asking for restoration for the body of Christ, that everything stolen and lost and taken away by the enemy would be restored 2021. Even the prodigals would come home, God. Those kids who've, who've wandered far away. We lift all these things up in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you that you are our mighty God. You are our Prince of Peace. You're our wonderful counselor. You're everything that we need tonight and tomorrow and the next day. Thank you for Victoria. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. That was beautiful, Candy. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I want you to tell my listeners where they can reach you or how they can connect with you. Well, probably the easiest way is going to be on Facebook. And I'm just under Candy Renee um, in the process, setting up a website uh, in order to be able to put resources up of books and songs and places you know for for people to go to if they're if they need help or they're in some of these places of despair or grief or depression so probably the easiest way is facebook right now i have an email colorjourneys at gmail.com and my coaching is hope for the journey 
And so it won't be long. Hopefully, I'll have some hopeful things up there. So. Oh, I know you will. That's my plan. <laughs> okay, that sounds Thank awesome. Thank you, Victoria, for oh. inviting me. Yes, you're quite welcome. And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. Thank you so much for tuning in. And say, if you like what you hear, please consider sharing this link to the show with a friend or a family member who you think might be encouraged by the inspiring and hope-filled messages that I try to put out every single week. So thank you so much for your support. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Chao.